What's really been on my heart recently is um, like how how we think, like when we when we get saved and when we when we are saved and when we do get saved, the way that we think should be totally different. Like some things should change right away, and some things we learn and grow into and get revelation, and we change the way we think. We don't think the same way anymore, right? So, so I want to kind of talk about like having a righteousness consciousness. Does that make sense to people? It's like you're, you're conscious, you're always aware that you are righteous, that you are right with God. Instead of before Christ, it was sin consciousness. You're always aware of sin, that you shouldn't do sin, that sin's bad, you're trying to do good. And that's what you're thinking about. So even when you wanted to be a good person, right? You're just thinking, of, I'm just, I want to try not to do bad things. And I want to try to do good things. Right? That, that's old mindset that if we're living in, we're, we're actually totally free from that. And you don't have to live in that anymore. So this is what I want to talk about. Like when we're, like that's the way, and you can slip into it. All the time. And that, that's what we'll get into a little bit. So. <clears throat> we have to be. Or we should be in a continuous state. Of using our sword. Our Bible. You know. I was thinking about that this last week. And I, said, I forget what was happening. In this, Just driving or something. And, and these thoughts came to my head. Enemies just reminding me of things. Right. Things that I used to do. Or thoughts that I used to think. And I just started thanking God. Right? Just out loud, thank you, Lord, that I am good. Thank you that good words come out of my mouth and I don't think bad thoughts. Thank you that I have the mind of Christ. And I just love you and I just started worshiping him, right? And it's like, boom, that's gone. And then I just remember like, oh, yeah. The sword, sword of the spirit, doesn't. it's not supposed to be just have your sword on you and put it in your sword holder. You know, you got to be using it. Right? It makes it's no good for anything if you got weapons and you're holding them and you look intimidating, but you don't use them, right? So, <clears throat> God's word is in our mouth to cast down old strongholds, memories, impressions that are contrary to what God says. So, like the old things we used to think, even memories of things that we used to do, uh, like dreams or you you see something and it reminds you of something or like have you ever just like walked outside or somewhere and you smell something and it brings a memory to you you know 
that can be good and that can also bring you back to a place where you're like, oh, I'm ashamed of that stuff. You know? Like, these are all tactics of the enemy to bring you back into a mindset of, oh, that that's me. Or that, you know? Like, reminding you and keeping you in a in your mind in that state. Like, if we stay in there, we'll always be thinking about sin, trying not to sin, trying to do good. And I believe with all my heart that the reason you can't get out of that sin is because you're trying. And that's what we'll get into. So we got to stop trying and believe. Jesus said believe. He said don't try to be a good person. Don't try to do this. Don't try to do that. He says you are good. You are righteous. You are holy. You are blameless. So if we're always trying to be something that Jesus already accomplished... We'll never go anywhere. We'll just be running in circles. You'll never get to that point. Because you're already there and you can't see it. You can't see an end. But the end's already back here. You already passed it, you know? So, in the Garden of Eden, right? <clears throat> relationship with Father God was broken because of sin, right? Because Adam and Eve were deceived in thinking that they were lacking something. They believed a lie. Do you know what that is? What what did they think that they were lacking? What did the what did the devil say? Remember what the devil said? Sorry? Knowledge of right and wrong. Yeah, knowledge of right and wrong. But the devil said something specifically. Like, what what did he say is gonna happen when you eat the the fruit of the tree? Yeah, you'll be like God. They were already like God. God said he made them in his image. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean the way that he looks. It means the way that he is. Right? He's love. He's, he's righteous. He's in perfect relationship. Right? And they, they didn't remember what God said in that moment. Right? Didn't remember what he said. That God created them in his image, in his likeness. They were righteous, holy, blameless in his sight. So when they when they were deceived and ate the fruit that God said not to eat, what did they do? Well, what's the first thing that happened when they What's the first thing that happened when they They were ashamed. And what did they do then? They hid from them and, and then what did they do? They, they covered up what they thought was shameful, right? Before, there was no shame. And they did something wrong, and they knew right from wrong, and then they decided to choose what was right and what was wrong. This is wrong that I'm exposed. I have to cover it up. And God's like, that, that was never wrong. But because that was, so that's, Adam and Eve are a picture of mankind, like all of, creation all, all of human beings right so they thought right then this is my definition of right and wrong instead of believing god's definition of right and wrong god says don't do this and do this they decided we're going to do it our way and then shame came and they decided this is wrong i gotta cover myself up and that's what people do now that's what christians do when they do something wrong and they're living under the law, 
They cover themselves up. They hide. They run away from God. They don't expose the lies. They they hide and hold it in and don't talk to people and all this stuff, you know? And that's in their head. They're making a definition of what's right and what's wrong. When God says, you can come to the throne of grace boldly. We should be running towards God and exposing that darkness and those lies instead of holding it in. Because the devil will say, if you tell anyone, then you'll get in trouble, then you'll lose your job, then you lose your friends, and you lose credibility, or, you know, you'll lose your reputation, or whatever you built. <laughs> it's just you, you, you. It's all about you, you know. Keep yourself looking good, you know. That's, that's what the enemy's trying to do all the time. So they covered themselves up, what they seen was shameful, not being able to walk free. And those man-made, self-identifying coverings were forever a reminder of their sin and their mistakes. They put that on, they look at it like, this reminds me of what I did wrong, my mistakes. And then what happened when they talked to God and they got punished? What did, what did God do then? God covered them. He took away their covering, their man-made thing that they thought was good. So God, essentially God is saying, I will cover your sins. Right? I will cover that shame. And all through the Old Testament, every time before Jesus... They could only do sacrifices and stuff to cover sin, right? Until Jesus. And Jesus took it away. So like even in the beginning, right then, like they covered themselves up. They okay, well, grab this huge fig leaf and put it there and whatever. And, and God's like, nope, you're not going to be able to, to cover that up. I'm going to cover it up for you. Right there at the beginning, God has a plan. Like, I'm doing this for you. I'm, I'm going to cover your sin. I'm going to stop your sin. Right there at the beginning, God is showing, like, you can't do this. I'm not even going to give you the option to do it because I love you. Right? It's so good. And, yeah, so they couldn't do it. Um, can someone turn to uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7? You know that whatever we keep thinking about, that's what we produce in our life. If we keep thinking something or a certain way, that will work itself out in our life. It will make your feet move. It'll make your mouth move. It'll make your hands move. And you'll do it, right? Like if I want to build a doghouse or whatever, and I keep telling, I'm going to build this doghouse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. All of a sudden, you're putting money aside to buy the hammer. You're buying the wood, and you're doing it, and... You did it, and all of a sudden it's there. Right? Does anyone have that verse? Uh, Proverbs 23, 7. For he, is the king of, he is the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Okay, does anyone have that in uh, New King James Version? just says it a little differently. 
I can read it. In, in, in New King James 23, 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you believe, like, he doesn't think, it, he doesn't say, so is, as you think in your head, that's what you are. Says, For as he thinks in his heart. So what does that mean? Can your heart think? What's he saying there? Have any ideas? Here we are. Yeah, like you're when he's talking about heart, he's he's talking about you exactly. What you're saying like that's that's you. That's your. It's not just your ideas or your opinions or whatever. It's where belief is, right? Like it's basically saying as as you believe, that's what you are. If whatever you believe, that's what you become, right? <clears throat> um. <laughs> it was funny, like I was going through these scriptures and I'm going to read right now Second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 3 to 11. And I read this so many times in, in this group too, it's just awesome. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 3 to 11. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So by God's divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Not like a good life or godly, like to live godly, which is amazing. We have received... All of this by coming to know him, the one who calls us by himself, by the means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So it says we've received it already. We're not going to receive it. You don't have to pray for it. You got it already. Okay? Um, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruptions caused by human desires. So we have that already. It's just so good. <laughs> so and then he says, in view of all of this, everything you just said, make every effort to respond to God's promises. So how is there how can we not respond to God's promises? If you don't know them, right? If you don't know his promises, you don't know what to do. You can't respond. You can't say yes or no or maybe or you can't make a decision because you have no idea. Right? It says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will 
be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the more and more we're, we're acting on these promises, believing these promises, and understanding the promises, and then adding all this stuff, moral excellence, patience, self-control, endurance, and all that stuff, you'll become useful. More and more useful. Like It's not like you're a useless person if you don't do this. But it's like you have, at the beginning, you have all this power and all this stuff already, but you don't know it. So you can't make a decision to do it or not. Right? Um, but then it says, But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Isn't that amazing? If you do these things, you will never fall away. You'll never... You'll never be... Oh, how do you explain that? Like, you'll never feel like God's not there. You'll never be like, God, do you really love me? Like, you'll never be back to the basics of when you first got saved. You know? Yeah, like, you won't have doubt. You'll, you'll know. If you know his promises and continue in his promises, yeah, then God will grant you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm sure I've read that, like, I don't know, a bunch of times in this group, right? Like, that's one of my favorite scriptures. It's just like, God has given us everything because we know him. And when you know him, you have all these promises. And these promises help change our old way of thinking. Right? Like our, our old way of thinking, our old attitudes and um, <clears throat> thought process and everything that we do. Our emotions, our whatever. Before Jesus... Those, that stuff did not come from God. That stuff came from Adam. From sin. So we were raised our whole life, our whole life, thinking like Adam. We did something wrong, you hide. When did, like, kids grow up, they do something bad, they break something, they hide the broken thing. Or they run away, you know? Because they're like, oh, they're going to get punished or whatever. And parents don't know they did the same thing. So that's how they raise their kids. And that's how they raise their kids. And that's how they raise their kids, right? And it's all like punishment, fear, run away, hide yourself. You know, that just became the cycle of humanity until Jesus came. And I really like the next, next two verses too. Uh, verse 12 it says, therefore... So because of all of this stuff we just read, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. So like Peter is very adamant, like, okay, you guys don't just know this already. It's like you're standing firm in these truths. You're already doing it. 
It's like, it's only right that I should keep on reminding you forever and ever and ever. Like, always remind you. Say it over and over again. Remind you and show you and give you examples and stuff. Because we just forget. We just forget. Just forgetful people. It's just life, right? It's not that we want to forget. We're even reading the Bible or spending time with God. But then we're thinking about something else about God, right? And we forget these basic things that keep us free. You know? Like, it's the biggest thing that will change your life. Like, I remember whenever it was, two or three years ago, when I got this, all of a sudden, it was just all of a sudden, I didn't think the way that I used to think because I got this revelation God showed me. Like, I was in sin, shame, repent, repeat, you know, just over and over and over. And I, and I wanted to stop and I hated doing what I was doing, whatever it was, thinking evil thoughts and like, oh, shut up, devil, doing this, shut up, devil. Now I don't do that anymore because that was me trying not to do something. I didn't want to do it and I tried my hardest not to do it and I had to do stuff that was good. I, I wanted to tell people about Jesus. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to whatever, do good stuff, right? And all that time, I couldn't do it. It was hard for me to tell people about Jesus. It was hard for me not to do that sin that I was always in or think that thought or whatever. For one, I didn't know that it was the enemy trying to come in from the outside. I thought it was bad coming from my inside coming out. And that changed everything. And I said, whoa, like the bad guy is out here. I'm not the bad guy. God says I'm good, just like him, right? Does anyone have, like, does anyone here feel like they're in that place still? Yeah? Like where there's a struggle with with sin or trying to do good and, and all that, that stuff, like... Like, that's not uncommon, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like, it's actually the only thing we have to do, firstly, is know what God says. So just that verse that we just read there, Second Peter, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living godly life. So you've got everything already. Whatever you think you're lacking, you say, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Help me to stop doing this. I hate sinning. I hate repeating the same thing over. I hate feeling shame and regret and whatever. God's saying in his word already, I've given you everything. And it's right here. First, you have to, you have to hear it. Then you have to believe it. And then after the hearing and believing, it just works itself out. Like, you don't have to try to do good. A tree, if this was an, an apple tree, it, it's never trying to be something else. It's never trying not to produce oranges. Right? The Bible says that we are trees. And that we're good trees. We're not bad trees that bear bad fruit. We're good trees. You are a good tree. Do you understand that? Like, if we believe 
that we're good, then we produce good. If I believe I'm a sinner, I'll produce sin. If I'm thinking or trying not to sin, I'm thinking about sin, then I'll produce sin, right? It's not, it's not even trying to like, like thank God, I don't want to do sin anymore. I don't want to do sin anymore. I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. You're thinking about sin. But if we know what God says, says, okay, you're not a sinner. So he says you're, you're righteous. That just means you're right with God. You can go in with God. If you weren't right with God in the Old Testament and you went into his presence, you died. That's, that's how, how intense that was. And now he said, God says you can come boldly to his throne. Unafraid, anything. You can come running up to him. Even if you did something bad, you just murdered somebody. God says, your option is to come to me now and not run away. You can actually come to me. Because it's not actually who you are anymore. I died for that. To get that mindset and all that. The punishment is gone already. I took care of the punishment. You don't have to be worried about the punishment. We can come to Jesus. And he will show us. I was listening to... Uh, it sounded like a similar teaching this week. He just called it faith. And uh, he said, Islam, as we don't realize that there is a spiritual realm, what you are saying, thinking in our, in our head. Yeah. Or, that's what he was calling a spiritual one. He said as soon as you will realize that, then you will then you will understand because God has given us everything we need to be good, to do good for God. Like to be like God. Yeah. Like and he says the only thing we people overlook is <clears throat> we just we just keep asking and asking and he says God is not going to give us anymore he gave us that already and it's written yeah. that, that we have it all we have to do is grab it and do something about it yeah like that's the thing like when you get a hold of this your prayer life will totally change oh, that's, like that's you, mine I don't know what to pray for anymore yeah you just become so thankful because mm-hmm. but if you don't realize it if you don't know the promises then we're still asking God for everything God give me peace God give me joy God give me this physical thing help me with this heal me. thought or healing it. or he yeah he said we are healed already all we have to do we have to stop saying oh pray for me because whatever I have a broken leg I have a broken ankle whatever he said that just when we do that keep on doing that we just remind the enemy that 
we have let go of the sin. Hmm. Or it's just like, like if we continue, the reason we do that is because our mind isn't renewed by the word. Mm -hmm. Sabawa says that you will be transformed by the renew with the renewing of your mind by the word of God. So your mind can't change and won't change unless you know God's word. And if you're never in God's word, you're doomed. You can be a Christian and go to church and come to Bible study, don't read the word, well, you'll never get any of it. You just won't. Like this is useless if there's no time outside of here spent with God intimately. Like, it's really bad, actually. <laughs> like, like you... What do you mean? I'm on my way to work and I'm on my Bible and I'm on whatever and I'm yeah. listening to it and I just know all of a sudden I realize what's going on. I'm not paying attention. Yeah. I'm not paying attention. I'm going and <laughs> Julie, I, I understand that for sure. But there's like the fact that you're wanting to do it, it says enough. And like the thing is, too, like I've said this before, like God is not keeping a checklist or a quota system. Like you have to spend four hours a week reading, talking to me, or whatever. He just wants you, like, in a moment, you can just be like, I, I was listening to this thing, this podcast this week about um, just giving your affection to God. And he, this, I think it was Todd White, and he was saying, like, when I give my affection towards Jesus, and then right there when he said it, he was, like, talking to this other guy, and I was just saying, at the same time, like, I started crying. And they both started crying. It's like, as he said it, he's like, he became aware, like, I give my, I love you, God. And God just was there. And then he couldn't talk for a little bit, because he's like, I just love him so much. You guys love each other so much, right? Like, when you love someone... It just, everything else goes away. And it, and you don't think or feel like that 24-7. Like, that's what Jesus wants with us. He wants those moments. And when, he says when you, says when you're, when you're with God, close the door of your room and be alone with him. Like, he wants private time. When you're married, you can go in the bedroom, close that door, it's just you two. And you can do married things. That's intimate and private. That's what God wants with us. Those times are really, really important. But those times when you're driving in the car or when you're anywhere. You can be anywhere. Shopping groceries and just take a second. Thank you, God. You're here. You're with me. I'm a son of God. Okay. Let's set my mind on show me what you want to show me. And just do your groceries and you see someone that's looks sad or something and you give them a encouraging word. 
whatever. You know? I totally understand that, though. I, sometimes we... We let the worship music or the podcast we're listening to or whatever take the place of knowing God. Right? Oh, I spent all this time with God, but you didn't talk to Him. Or you didn't listen to Him. It's, it was just there, right? It's better than whatever else was there. Like, that's what I do going to work. Always got, like, what are FM 96 on the radio or something. I'm like, this is garbage. I'm going to put in some worship. Like, I'd rather have that than than that, you know? And then when I can, I take those moments. So, there's no Romans, Romans 8 verse 1. There's no condemnation for you. Like, you're not condemned. You're not a bad person. God doesn't look at that. Oh, cross that one out. He didn't do that. Check this one. Didn't make the quota. He's not talking about that. But uh, if you want to go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. Uh, Colossians 1 verse 15 to 23. This is a little bit about this righteousness consciousness. If we want to be aware and conscious of who we are in, in Christ now, this verse shows you a lot of who you are, okay? So I can't stress it enough, but this is like, this is who you are. You can never pray, God, please give me this, or God, I want to be here. God, I don't feel like this, please let me feel it. You're there now. So does that does that make sense? Like, if there's nothing else we get from this this week, this thing, this uh, Bible study, read these scriptures again. These two, like uh, Colossians one fifteen and what we just read in Second Peter one verse three. Just read it and know that you have it already. If you're saved, if you have a relationship with God right here, right now, you have these things. So never, ever, ever in our life, for any reason whatsoever, do we have to ask God for this stuff. Okay? I'll, I'll read now. First, Colossians 1, verse 15. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. 
He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body. That's us. We're the body of Christ, right? He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is the first in everything. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him God reconciled everything to himself he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross this includes you who were once far away from God you hear that it's like this includes you you were once far away from God um Lost my place. Excuse me, once more. You were his enemies. And why were you his enemies? It says you were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you. It's basically means he brought he brought you to himself. That's what reconciled means. Reconciled you to himself <laughs> through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result of that, he has brought you into his presence. So you're in his presence. You are in his presence. And you are holy and blameless. And you stand before him. You're not groveling. You're not on your knees. Without a single fault. You don't have any faults before God he doesn't see one bad thing that you did ever ever he doesn't he can't that's the reason Jesus came but you must continue to believe this <laughs> this truth and stand firmly in it don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news the good news has been preached all over the world and I Paul have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it So we got all these awesome promises. And then at the end there, you must continue to believe it. If you don't continue to believe it, you'll go right back into that old way of thinking. And how do you continue to believe something? You get it in front of your face. You say it out of your mouth. You talk to people about it. You go back to it and read it again. Like Peter said in the previous verse like i i'm going to remind you as long as i live i'm going to keep reminding you, even though you're walking in it and you're doing awesome you have to continue in it so like i it's really amazing how uh like has anyone ever got like like i get I probably had a handful in my life just like amazing revelation from God where you just get something. You know? It's like everyone had at least once when he got saved, right? You made a decision that like, whoa, this is going to change everything. You don't even think of that. You just make the decision, you know? Like, I don't know how it is to... I wish I could just give revelation to everyone, you know? And you just get it. But I know 
you know that story <clears throat> that I had before I was saved where I asked, told God to make a tree disappear? And I asked him like six times and it didn't do nothing. Then a seventh time the tree disappeared. Does everyone know that story? I told a couple times. I know after, after the fact, I was reading the Bible and it says that you, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So God says. And a lot of times I read that scripture like, what does that mean? How, how do I know when it's all of my heart? And I know that time when God answered my prayer, that was all of my heart because I was, I'm like, there's no more options. I'm going the other way. I'm going to be bad because God doesn't exist. I'm a crazy person talking to the sky. There's no consequence. There's no heaven and hell because I asked him and he didn't do anything. And, I'm, and I really wanted him to be real. That was everything that I had. And that point, only you know when that point is. That's the point where like, this is happening or I'm done. Everything, all or nothing. And that's actually what God requires of us. That's faith. All or nothing. Right? I don't know why I got on that. but So is this, is this helping anyone? Does this, like, is this just good or... Or does it suck all together? Or, like, maybe before we even continue on, like, does anyone have any stories from the last two weeks that we talked about, like, going doing stuff, you know? Not gaining more knowledge. Walking out, stepping out, doing stuff. Like, does anyone have something like that? Was anyone challenged by that? message a couple weeks ago and wanted to make a change or it's like I'm not taking a quota here again like I try to pray for a guy yeah there was this one guy at, at work uh, I think it was Tuesday and the first time we were there he came there he was there for a little bit and we were just here and he was talking to the homeowner and he was just saying that he just got a new surgery Oh, this is the time, isn't it? Yep. 
So I told myself, okay, I'm gonna go into the trailer and then uh, I'm gonna look for my thing. Uh, if he's still there by the time I'm done, I'm gonna ask him. <laughs> so, and then I'm in there and I hear the door closing. He's, he's gone inside now. <laughs> so I went outside the trailer and the guy is standing and looking into the garbage bin. Like, you just waiting there. So I asked him, like, uh, how's your knee? Oh, it's doing better, but uh, he's supposed to get his other knee surgery yet. This one was a little bit better or something. And then I, I, I just asked him, can I pay for you? And I realized he's like, yeah, sure. But then he came up to me and he's like, uh, uh, I, I actually, what, what, what do you believe or what? So I told him, I believe that if I lay my hands on you and I pray for you, you're legal again. He's like, oh, see, here's the thing. I, I believe, I have to believe the same thing you have. You believe that in, in order for that to work. Mm -hmm. He told me, like, I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses. I believe in Jesus and everything, but I believe that Jesus, when he rose to heaven, that he, he was done with miracles. And he's like, I had some lady last week. Was it last I'm not sure what he said, but I had some lady that prayed for me, and I didn't get healed. How, what, how can you explain that or what? I just told him, well, I don't know. I believe you have to believe. And he just came up, he just said again that, that yeah, for, in order, I believe in order for that to work, I have to believe what you, you believe. So, so he didn't want me to pray for his, for it to get healed, but he said, uh, you can, you can pray for me to, so God will help me get through this until I get better. Like, okay, can I do that? It's like, no, no, you can, you can just wait and you can do it on, on your own. Like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever that works. <laughs> so, yeah. That's good. That's very good. That's you'll find that with all Jeho Jehovah's Witnesses. They won't yeah, let they, he, they won't let you pray for them. Yeah, he really like you, that he did not want me to pray for. Him. Yeah. They say one day, this is one uh, uh, guy from our church. He was saying that one time. They come to your door. If you if you can pray for them first, they'll leave. You don't have to listen to none of them. But if you pray for them, they'll leave. They don't want that. Remember, your way is better than not doing it. Whatever way that is. And did those, those two guys what hung on the cross, when Jesus hung there, did they believe? They didn't. And Jesus just said, you will be with me in paradise. All the guys said, remember me. And he but, says, today I will see you in paradise. Yeah, and then he, he said, um, just you thinking about me or caring enough about me to ask you can pray for me means more to me than that's awesome. Good job, Will, stepping out. Challenging yourself. Having a conversation with God two days. That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. Very good.
I told him that, um, you know, on one of the first, first days that we moved out, uh, I woke up in the morning with that voice in my head. That's I. You know, and I, I told those ladies that God said that to me. And just by saying that out loud, it came so real to me that God actually said that to me. And <laughs> it meant so much to me that That's I good. just said it out loud to those ladies. It's um, John 14, 27. Good, you're using your sword. So good. Also, I, I got to uh, get what it was sometime during the week. I went to grocery store after work, and I was just hopping in my car. And oh no, I just arrived, and I seen this lady pushing a shopping cart into the the trolley bay or whatever, and and she had a, a brace on her knee, and she was just limping over. And I hopped out. I'm like, hey, what happened to your knee? And she told me, and I'm like, hey, can I pray for you? She's like, yeah, sure. She's like, oh, I better put my mask on. Like, oh, okay, put mine on too. And <laughs> then I say, can I touch your knee? Like, yeah, sure. And I pray for her. And that's what I said, be healed in Jesus' name. Thanks. Have a good day. And, and she's, yeah, just like racing away and running. Like, okay, that, that's fine. I prayed for her. And did. it was like just super quick. The whole thing is probably like 30 seconds. And like just whatever, right? Like, it's, it's not a small thing. If she would have, like, wasn't in such a rush or whatever, wanted to get away, I probably would have said a little bit more. But, like, I'm not here to interrupt your day. I'm here to just bless you and let you go on your way, right? So, but again, it's just a reminder. Like, that's not God, not God scolding you if you haven't done anything for him, right? It's like... <laughs> I, I heard this awesome message this last week of uh, you know the story of uh, when Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house and and Mary was just sit, sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha was just getting the house ready and making the food and doing everything and Martha's like Jesus look at Mary's just sitting there she's not even helping me like can you tell her to to help like I'm making this whole party for you and what did Jesus say he's like Martha you're concerned about a lot of things he's like but Mary has chosen the right thing and like I'm I'm not taking that away from her and like if you were to think about that like this lady's making this whole thing for Jesus like a big party 
and the younger sister just sitting there like not doing anything and let other people would have been on Martha's side, right? Like, what is she doing? She's sitting there. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, this is the good thing. So what I got out of that message is that it is better to be with Jesus than to do things for Jesus. Jesus wants you to sit at his feet and not give him all these things and prepare nice things for him and make the house clean. Jesus has everything. And like, I never got it that way. That's awesome. I know, I never got it that way either. But uh, you just think of that. Like, Jesus wants you. He doesn't want the things you do for him. We don't need to make a party for him. And like, if we want to be like Jesus, we can be that way too. Even on your best day, your birthday, when everyone's there for you, you can serve others. You can whatever. You know? <laughs> so yeah, that was like, that was so amazing. Like Jesus wants us, right? He wants our presence. He wants us at his feet. He wants us listening to his words, being with him, wanting to be with him, ignoring everything else around us and what other people think is important, right? That, I thought that was just so amazing. Like, So when, when we want to do stuff for God, that's a good thing. Like we're called after we're saved. What do we do when we're, after we're saved? What now? The Bible says we're called to good works. Now we can do good stuff. And we can do it for Jesus, which is all good. But what Jesus wants more than that is for you to be with him. Like, every day when I'm done work, I race home as fast as I can. I want to be with the two people I love the most in this world, my wife and my little daughter. All right? If I had her my way all the time, I'd be with them 24-7. You know, I love them. I want to be with them all the time. And they know that. Steph knows that. Like, I want to be with her all the time in everything I do. And like, and do I do good things for her? Yeah, sure. All the time. But I'd much rather just be with her. She would much rather me just be with her than me doing a bunch of good things for her. You know? Yeah. Very good. The I want to go to uh, Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35. Matthew 18, 21 to 35. So, does anyone know, has anyone heard about this uh, parable or read this parable? It's called the parable of the unforgiving debtor. Well, let's go through it and see. Uh, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who's si who sinned against me? Seven times? And Jesus said, no. Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. So he just asked about forgiveness, right? And then verse 23, Jesus says, Therefore, 
the kingdom of heaven can be compared to. So he's asking about forgiveness. And Jesus talks about this is what the kingdom is about. Okay. People talk about, I hear this all the time and I, I think it's a little weird. That uh, Jesus talked a lot about money in, in the Bible, right? Bunch of parables all about lending money and stuff like that. Jesus didn't talk about money. He talked about the kingdom. And he made a story about money to talk about the kingdom. Like people, they forget that. Like the first sentences are always like such a big deal. Like in Romans verse, uh, Romans chapter 7. That's when Paul talks about like, I do what I don't want to do. And I, and I, you know, and people get confused about that. But the first verse in verse 7 says, those who know the law. He's talking about the law. This is what happens when you're under the law. And people forget that. So like that's, it's, it's, it seems like the first verse doesn't seem so important until you read the rest of it. Right? You kind of skip over that. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was uh, brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When someone of the other servants saw this, they were very upset, and they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man who had forgiven, who he had forgiven, and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. This is his answer to, <laughs> to the disciple. That's what my father will do to you if you refuse to forgive. So, he was willing to receive forgiveness, but he wasn't willing to give it out, right? The servant was willing. The servant wasn't willing to become like the king. And that's what we have to be. We have to become like the king. Not just do what he does, but become like him. He's like, why, di why didn't you act like I acted? It's like, you have to act that way, or else you'll be tortured and beaten. <laughs> you know? Like, he's talking like very like strong language, right? It's like, if you don't do this, then you'll die. Like, it's... That is so crazy. He's talking about forgiveness. 
But this is the kingdom. This is how the kingdom works, okay? You should be like the king. He's forgiven you. He's forgiven everyone else, everyone here. Everyone who knows Jesus, he's forgiven us all of our sins, all punishment that we deserved, eternal damnation and hell without God. He's forgiven that to us. And then someone can cut us off on the road or say a nasty word to us at work or something or or give us a bad look and we're like, oh, what an idiot. And we talk to our friends about him and, and we do whatever. It's the exact same thing. This guy was forgiven millions of dollars and then he had a servant who had owed him a couple thousand bucks and he was strangling him. He said he grabbed his throat and demanded money. Like, you know how like that's like an everyday occurrence. It can happen. Someone can offend us in a little way and we resent that person or don't talk to him anymore or just become angry or hate him or whatever. That's what Jesus is talking about. The little thing that you do, <laughs> I've given, forgiven you all this, your whole eternity, and you can't do this little thing like, that's scary if we don't walk that out, you know? So Jesus wasn't talking, didn't just share a story there about some guy lending someone money. He's talking about forgiveness, how it is in the kingdom of God that's inside of us because we know Jesus. This is how it should be. Right? So this is just a, a story that we can keep a right mindset, right? You remember that story? It's an easy story. Stories, Jesus shares parables because they're stories and you can remember stories. They paint pictures in your mind, you know? It's very good. So the servant wasn't willing to become like the king. We have to start where Jesus finished or we will never run the race well. If we, like I said before, if we try to, try to do stuff, keep praying for keep asking for, keep trying to stop saying or whatever and keep praying for the things that we already have, you'll never find the answer. The answer's already there. It's like I have this water bottle in my hand and I have it. It's mine. I'm using it. I got it. Right? It'd be like me, like, Will, can you get me a water? I don't have any waters. I don't have water, and, but I don't, I don't ever use my water. I got it. It's like I don't see it. It's like I don't have the benefit of drinking it to refresh myself or anything. And anyone looking to be like, you get, it's right in your hand. But it will, I need, I need water. I don't feel like I have it. I can't feel the water, you know? I ask them for it all the time. I just don't feel it. But it, but you have it in your hand. I can't see it though. It's like a crazy person, right? <laughs> Everyone would just be so confused. And I feel like, I don't know. If I was God looking down at that, I'd just be like, what? Like, just... You got it. I, I told you you have it already and anything that I say, just, it's true. But God, I really just need water. 
But when I see it, when I have that revelation, first I have to believe that I have it, then I can see it, and then I can use it. That's what it is with anything in, anything in Christianity. You have to believe it first. You have to believe it first. It's the opposite. You don't get it first, and then you can have faith. You have faith, and then it comes. That's what faith is. Right? If we can try to accomplish what he has already accomplished, you'll run in circles your whole life, trying to do what's right, doing the right thing, never producing the fruit of righteousness, because it's from your doing, not his. We're trying to do it. We're trying to do it. Trying to do it. Trying to make a way. You know? We gotta hear it and read it and believe it. Believe his word. Believe. But again, if you're if you're in this circle now and you're not reading your Bible, you'll never get any of this stuff. Don't even bother trying or trying to understand. You just won't get it. My reading the Bible and, and sharing this will do nothing for you if you don't read the Bible. Because God wants you to be with Him personally. When you see when you see Him, when it's time for time to, you to be with Jesus or Jesus comes back, like your pastor or the guy you listen to on podcast or me, I'm not going to be by your side to ask any questions or do whatever and be like, Oh, but John said, yeah, he can tell you what. I don't care about that. Like, I don't care about you. I love you. You know? I want to go through. Uh... So this is all the same as like, so we can have a, a righteousness, consciousness in our, in our mind. We can be... We can be aware that we're right with God all the time, that we have peace, that we have joy, that we can come to him boldly, that we're forgiven, that we're faultless, all this stuff. We're totally forgiven. Or we can think that I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to stop doing this. I got to go to church more. I got to read the Bible more. I got to do this more. I got to pray for people. And it comes this like... You know, you're just, you're trying, you're stressing. Oh yeah, fine. I prayed for that guy. Oh yeah. Oh man. I finally worshiped at home by myself. Like, oh, that took me like three years. <laughs> you know, like, that sucks living that way. Like, but again, I wish I could just give you a revelation, you know, but it doesn't come by it comes by your own personal sitting in front of Jesus' feet, you know? In your room alone or wherever you want to be with God alone. That's it. Like, that's all you need. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the law. So the purpose of the law and how we, how we are made right and how our, our, our obeying does not make us right. Do we get that? That the law, well, before Jesus, even now with Jesus here, when we do something for God, it that that's not what makes us right with God. 
Do we know that was the purpose that Jesus came? To make us right with God again. That, that's why he came. Not because we're horrible sinners and he had to die to forgive our sins. Although he did that. But we weren't horrible sinners. We were sons that we were lost. We didn't know. But he came so that we could be right with God and come into his presence again. Because we couldn't do that. If we did that, that, like when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost. They were out of God's presence right away. Boom. They're gone. And they lost that. And we couldn't get back there again. They tried to cover up their sin. They couldn't do it. God made a way for them to at least have relationship with them. Sometimes. By covering up their sin. So they could be like ritually cleansed and stuff for a certain amount of time. They sinned again. They had to do it again, you know. It was just a works, works, works. And he could never get rid of sin. Until Jesus. So I'm just going to read uh, Romans chapter 3. Oh, Romans 3, 19 to 31. Romans 3, chapter 19 to 31. So this is like the, this is the law, this is the sin consciousness, okay? It says, obviously the law applies to those whom it was given, right? So that's like us, we're in Canada. The law is uh, the speed limit right here on this road is 50. That's the law. If you go more than that, then you got you got a risk of getting a ticket, right? That's the law. And that's given to us because we're Canadian and we're here and we're driving, right? So it's very straightforward. He's like, obviously, the law applies to those who the, who the, law, who the law is given to, right? It's very simplified, <laughs> like talking to little kids. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Isn't that crazy? If we're just trying to do good, trying to do what God says, God's like, it's pointless. You'll never get what, you, what you're looking for. You'll never be right with God. If you try to do that. It's Romans 3. Chapter 3 verse 19. Yeah 19. I'm going to keep reading. For no one can ever be made right with God. By doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Isn't that crazy? But now God has shown us a way to be made right with God without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. There you go. That's it. So believing something you don't see. You got no evidence of. You know. You just read it and. You believe it. And the more you read God's word, the more you can understand it. Uh, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So who's this for? Is this for just uh, Canadians or just can, just Christians or... 
<laughs> and this is true for everyone who believes. Not not people who go to church who say I'm a Christian, but people who believe. It doesn't have that kind of language in the Bible, you know? It's not those that do certain things, like go to a building on Sunday. It's not those who, like, say certain things and confess certain things and show people that they're certain things or certain people or whatever. It's people who believe. No matter. That that's why we have the word, so we can teach them. The Bible says that we're all without excuse, that we can see the creation, we can see everything around us and know that God exists. How that works out in the end, I don't know. I just know what the Bible says and I'll teach that. <laughs> good question though. Very good question. Um, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead, including them and what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God, and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well, then, if we emphasize faith, does that mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. So the law is not bad. It's there to show us Like, for example, like, you're driving down the road, and you see flashing lights. What do you do? What's the first thing you do? No, like, you just see lights anywhere. You see them in the backs. You're driving 110 down the road. You slow down. You maybe take your foot off the gas. Look at your speed. So you're aware. What the law, the, that's the law. And I could possibly be doing something wrong. You're aware that there's consequences, right? That's what the law is. You remember that story. Like, that's what the law is. That's the purpose of the law. To show us what's wrong. Not to fulfill it. Yeah, so, like, the speed limit doesn't help you get where you're going. It's just there to show you. Yeah. The speed limit is there to show you. Like this, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. And when we walk in love and when we walk like Jesus, when we recognize and remember and constantly are aware of 
who we are in Christ, like we'll just obey the law. Like we we can actually fulfill it then. You know? Faith in Jesus and what he has done, empowered by grace, allows you to be in a constant state of gratefulness, like we were talking about. Or thankfulness, because you believe in him and what he says, his promises, and the fact that God is good all the time. His character never changes. He never changes. So, like, so yeah, like, that's... Do we get that? Do you understand that, like, that... I'm trying to get it across that, like, our... What we're thinking all the time can be... Because we have the Word, because we have a relationship with Jesus, can all the time, without fault, always be in a constant state of knowing that you're good and you don't have to try. If you ever find yourself trying not to do something, it usually happens right after you've done something bad. Right? You you sinned somehow. You had a... whatever. An evil thought or you looked at something you weren't supposed to or whatever. Then you repent, you feel shame, you repent and say, sorry God... Like, I'm never going to do that again. I'm, I'm not going to put myself in that situation again. And you put up situations where you'll go away from that sin, right? You're putting up blockers or getting accountability partners or whatever, like doing things. <clears throat> and that's the sure sign that you're trying to do it yourself. And you're trying and you're trying and you're trying. And you'll never get there. You'll find a way around it. Like we had in in uh, in YWAM, we had this. Uh, we always get just just young kids all the times coming there, right? And a lot of them, a lot of them have uh, issue with pornography, they're looking at stuff online that they're not supposed to. So if we put up like you can put up these uh, blockers, right? Where you try to go to this website, it doesn't allow you to, right? And that's not an answer. That doesn't help. If you want to go to that stuff, you'll find it. You'll go to McDonald's, and get on the free Wi-Fi, and you'll do what you what you do. Or for a time, you might that might help you, but then when that's gone, goes comes right back again because you're trying, or you're not trying. Trying is the worst thing you can do. Just don't try. Just believe.